everyone. This is Yaneli Farias La Guera, currently play for La Selección de México, and you're listening to Villa's podcast. Hola amigos de Pancho Villas Army, aquí el Sargento, back to you with another episode of Villas Podcast. Uh, once again, by my side, El Coronel. El Coronel actually showered for this episode because we have a special guest. So Coronel, how's it going, man? How do you feel like finally showering after your quarantine, eight months of no showering? Dude, I feel refreshed. It's not even payday and I showered. Everybody was like shocked. Everybody was like, what the hell are you doing? It's not even payday. But dude, I'm super excited. Obviously, I couldn't sleep last night and uh, very excited to get the show started. Uh, well, I, I same here, man. I was excited. I was just like, you know what? Um, you know, we have a lot of our members. Our podcast, our mission, right, is to connect members and connect the, the comunidad um, to La Selección, right? And, and, and all, you know, we have members all across the country. We had a member, again, from Sydney, Australia, right, that joined us. Uh, but today, we're going to take it to another level, Coronet, right? Because usually we have guests from, you know, we've had, you know, we had some rappers or some, you know, Trap Corrido and some other folks. We're going to get more people from the community. But today is our first episode. We actually have someone very special. Coronet, would you mind introducing our guest? Uh, I, I don't think I could be, I'm not, I don't know, I, I'm nervous. I don't even know if I'm honored <laughs> enough to, to uh, Yanelli, welcome, welcome to the show, uh, First of all, I mean, this is this is huge for us. This is super huge for us. We're already in our third season, if you want to call it that. And we're moving up in the world. What do you think about that? So welcome, Anelia, again, from La Selección Femenil, and as well from our team, our, our equipo, right, Chivas. So welcome, Anelia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. When uh, Guillermo told me about this, I didn't even question it. I was like, yeah, let's do it as soon as possible. So thanks nice. for having me. I'm excited. I, I followed you guys a bit for the past few years, actually. Uh, so this is a cool opportunity for me too. Excellent, no, I, excellent. I, the opportunity is super cool for us. I'm, t I'm telling you that we've been trying to to get a female uh, professional soccer player, um, and it, it finally happened. So it finally happened. I'm gonna go buy some lottery tickets right now. <laughs> <laughs> buy me one too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, please, all of us, and we win. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll we'll do something. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Yeah, we've been, like the coroner said, we've been, we've been trying to, you know, get some new voices, um, trying to get some new stories. But more than anything, we're fan. We're fanboys. I mean, we love La Selección Mexicana. We love mm -hmm. soccer. Um, anytime we have an opportunity, we have the, you know, with being with Bunch of Army, we have such an amazing opportunity to connect with the community, but also with the players. And we, we've been very fortunate, right, to get to mm -hmm. know. So this is another uh, I don't know, other bucket listing that we just can check off, right? And saying, hey, we got to meet one of our fa one of our favorite players. So this is awesome. That, exactly, exactly. Hey, well, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Yaneli, tell us a little bit about a little bit about you. Well, I born in Santa California from the OC. OC? I am from, yeah, the OC. <laughs> I'm from uh, Mexican-born parents. My dad was born in, in Jalisco, my mom in Michoacan. Uh, they actually met in Santa Ana. California, uh, which is pretty cool. I've been playing soccer, football all of my life. Uh, I'm 30 years old now. The first time I played a game, I was four years old. I played uh, in with my brothers. I have four brothers. Uh, my dad was my dad was their coach, and I was like, Dad, like I want to play, I want to play, and there's no girls don't play soccer, and I was crying, tugging on his pants, and I said, No, put me in. 
so he, he put me in the game and and that's how it started. Uh currently play for for Chivas Femenil and I Chivas has been my my dream team since I was a kid. I, I know what what soccer is because of it. And my dad my dad is a diehard Chivas fan. It's it's you cannot show up with any other jersey to to the house or to a family party because everyone's going to be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I pride myself in that. Dude, that's you know that's crazy because you know the the, the two biggest teams is I'm not going to name the other team, but it's Chivas. <laughs> and so let me ask, so so how did that how did that happen? I mean, I mean, obviously you grew up in Jalisco, right? But growing up in that household, I mean, with just, I'm sure everything was about soccer, right? Everything was about soccer. Yeah, everything was about soccer. Uh, my dad, um, he was actually he was born in Jalisco, but he was raised in Michoacan. Mm-hmm. And he actually didn't, I don't think he knew that until later. Um, his, uh, his dad, my, my grandpa died when my dad was, before he was even born. So my dad never knew, really knew like where he was born. He was just, he just knew he was from Michoacan. Right. But he always had this love for Chivas. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't make sense until later in life. I don't remember when my grandma told me, no, you were born in Jalisco, Miko. And he was like, oh, my God, it makes so much sense. Why my heart is like, <laughs> yeah. it's like Chivas. It all comes together. It exactly. It all comes together, yeah. And, and like you said, it was just soccer, soccer, soccer in the house, uh, everywhere in my life. It's like my life growing up revolved around it. Uh, but initially, like I said, it was it was hard for me to consistently play because they would tell me, no, girls don't play soccer. You can't play soccer because you're a girl. And my mom would buy me pom-poms and I would get mad and I would have to be the cheerleader at my brother's games. And I would get really mad all the time. And it wasn't that I didn't like being their cheerleader. I liked supporting my brothers. It was more that I was, I was being forced to do something that I didn't want to do when I wanted to play and be on the field. And eventually my family was like, hey, she wants to play. Nothing we do or say is going to stop her, so let's just let her do it. So, it's, so it sounds like you're very competitive at a young age. So it sounds like you were kind of already had that that drive to just like I'm gonna do what I want. Like you're gonna, you know, you have, you know, it's interesting how you know we tell a lot of our young young people, right? It's so important to have a passion for something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to instill this in my kids right now. They're they're teenagers. And I'm like, dude, you have to have a passion for something. You have to speak up. Like, you have to go for it. Like, don't let, you know, for me, I got to run myself as a parent. And, you know, because our parents, my parents did the same thing, right? You can't do that. That's not for you. Mm-hmm. Whatever. There's always limitations. And I'm like, you know, as a parent, I don't want to do that. Like, go for it. Like, that's fine. Let's go. You can do it. Put that energy in there. And, 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 and I guess the biggest thing is speak up. Dude. A lot of times we, mm-hmm. people don't want to speak up. And I love that you mm-hmm. did that so young. It looks like you already had those those intangibles, right? That helps you where you're at now. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that I had that trait um, when I was growing up. I didn't realize what it was, but when I looked back at my life, like you said, I realized, wow, since I was four years old, I wanted to stand up for, for myself and what I believe in. And what you said right now about you being a parent and, and wanting to, you know, allow your children to do what they want to do. I think that's something to applaud because it's in our culture, in the Mexican culture, it's very difficult for a parent to to let their child be or live outside of the stereotypes that we're used to in our culture. So I think it's, it's really good that you say that. I, I'm not a parent, um, but I have a lot of nieces and nephews and, and I see the way that my, my family raises their kids. And it's it's so important for, for us to to show like the next generation that 
you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want. And it, it also helps that our generation is, is more open-minded than our parents and our grandparents. So little by little, we're, we are able to pass on those, that open-mindedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm glad we're talking about this topic because you obviously played high school ball. Where did you go to high school, if you don't mind me asking? I went to high school, Rancho Verde High School, in Moreno Valley, actually. We moved oh, there Moreno? when I was oh, 13 wow. or 14. Yeah. Hey, I'm from Rubido, from Riverside. Oh, Riverside. nearby, yeah. So right no, nearby. Rubido, I, used, I used to run it, up and down that mountain so many times. It used to be my training. Dude, no way. That's too 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 high for me. I don't work. <laughs> a friend of mine was like, hey, let's go hiking this way. I'm like, no, I'll meet you at the top. No. Yeah, people <laughs> walk it. They hike it. And I run uh-huh. it. I'm like, I'm going to go run it twice. People think I'm crazy, crazy, but I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Because you know, as a matter of fact, let me see. So what, what years was that roughly, would you say, if you had a ballpark? Mm-hmm. 2008, maybe. Mm-hmm. I was 18, 2008, too. Oh, no, I went to high school in what, yeah. 1940s. Where did you go? <laughs> no, the reason, the reason I say it is just on the other side of, just on the other side of, of, of Rupert Mountain is a KFC. There was a KFC. It was my first KFC. I used to work there. And I was like, hey, maybe you came by and I, I you know, maybe yeah, I gave you know, cross paths one day, right? I was thinking, I was thinking, I don't, I don't eat KFC, but back then I made, I, Probably did eat KFC, yeah. so maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. But now well, I now never go there. Oh, now it's a baker, so and they, you know, they got great hamburgers. But anyway, so you know, again, back to that topic. So I was, um, I coach high school soccer, right? Fairfax, Fairfax High here in Phoenix. Um, shout out to Fairfax. Shout out to Fairfax. And one of the things, one of the things that I wit- I witnessed this firsthand. So. Uh, my daughters were growing up, so I got into coaching, not because I'm a parent that, oh, we got to win and this and that. I just, you know, I felt that the co- the girls were in danger because they weren't, the, the fitness regiment wasn't there. A lot of the girls were getting tired. They were getting hurt. Um, I would always ask my daughter, how come you're home? She's like, well, our practice got canceled. It got canceled again. Like, th- there wasn't that commitment from the coach. So, you know, I started to help out simply for the fact not to make, not to get them to win, but for the fact that hey, they need conditioning because obviously you, I mean you're you're when you're talking about conditioning, you come to mind, right? But um, you know, so I got into that, and you know, I started getting more involved in coaching, and I started noticing that a lot of the parents from the girls really made them take a back seat to their their brothers or to the male sports. You know, there was one there was one instance where we were coming home from a game, and one of the girls was crying, and she's like, I go. I go what are you, what are you doing? What's wrong? She's like, um, my, my dad's going to get mad at me. I'm like, why? She's like, because it's late. It was like eight 30 and you know, we made him wait, you know, he doesn't think I should be playing. And I'm like, what are you like? And then, then it really struck me like, holy crap. It's not like she's out with the friends partying or, or going out, you know, in gangs or doing anything like that. She's actually playing a competitive sport for the high school. And she was right. really good. She was actually a team captain. And, um, and sure enough, we got, we got to the, we got to the school, dropped her off and he saw the bus get off with all the girls and he was still mad. Like, why, you know, why, why is she doing, why is she playing soccer? And I'm like, dude, wow. this, is, this is nuts. So like, I definitely witnessed that firsthand. So that's yeah. kind of why I started taking the passion of, you know, these girls and, and young boys, they need those role models, right? They need, they need to, they need to be able to break out of that mold. And be able to do things because we can all do it. I mean, you, you're a perfect example, you're really, I, I think what you're saying too, Gordon, is a, is a you know in our culture, the culture, the was it the uh, the roles, right? The the was it what do you call that? The 
the the sex norms or the you know when it comes to you know mm-hmm. when it comes to male and female unfortunately in our culture you know again it kind of you still have that stigma right where it's a macho the you know the the and, and, and papa is like the head of the household and he's very strict and he's always strict on, on the on the girls right the daughters more than the boys um and it, it still happens you would think it'll kind of go away but it's it's still big prevalent that's kind of what i'm seeing there you, you know yanelli do you feel like that was kind of you growing up too i mean it sounds like your dad kind of had, had the same same type of attitude right Definitely. The example you just uh, talked about is an example, clear example of machismo in action. And like you said, it's still happening a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I, I personally lived my whole life and something it was definitely an obstacle. But we have to be more uh, open minded to to what a woman can do. And and like you said, right, we're we're like there's this uh male and female or stereotypes that exist, right? Well, if you were born female and you're probably going to do this with your life and you're going to do stick to domestic part of, of, of living and, and you're going to have to depend on a man and you are not going to work because you have to take care of the kids, right? We have that. But on the other hand, uh, for males, they're given the liberty and freedom to do whatever they want and they're not questioned. And it's mm-hmm. something that's very frustrating because what I remember hearing a lot growing up was uh, you can't go, but your brothers can't. You can't do this, but your brothers can't. And I have four brothers, so I heard that a lot. <laughs> and it was very, um, it's, it's painful and it's, it's kind of, it sucks. Like you, you, tell, you ask yourself, well, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. And then you realize I came to realize that I'm not doing anything wrong. It's just simply that our culture has these preconceived ideas of what we should be and, and what we need to be. And our, our parents, our family members, they determine our lives before mm-hmm. we're even born. And I feel like that's where a lot of, a lot of conflicts happen when we're trying to develop as, as kids and teenagers and then growing up, right? Because our parents have this idea of what we're going to do with their lives. And they didn't even give us a chance to, for us to decide what we want to do with our lives. Right. Exactly. And that's, yeah. And that's tied back to, to our culture. And it's something mm-hmm. that I think we have to little by little change. And it's important to have, like you said, right. Role models, visibility, see other women doing things outside of the societal cultural norms for us to be able to break those stereotypes. Yes, absolutely. You know, you hit the nail. I mean, we hit the nail right on the head. And I really, I, I do believe that I'm seeing those changes now because our generation, well, actually, I'm like super old, but like your generation is starting to break the mold, break down the barriers and, and doing things. I mean, this, just this week, just this week to hear that you, let's talk a little bit about what happened this week. Yeah, uh, definitely. For the, for the fans that aren't following us on Spotify and uh, iTunes and YouTube, tell us about, to me, that's a huge accomplishment. A huge accomplishment, and I'm gonna let you talk a little bit about what what happened this week, basically. Well, I, I got the opportunity to give a conference or a talk at, at Harvard University. It was something that actually took me by surprise at first when I when I received the invitation. I was like, I read it like three or four times, and I said, "Okay, this this is what I'm really this is, this is real." Mm-hmm. I took a screenshot of the email and I sent it to Guillermo, my manager. And I said, hey, we were both just blown away. We were like, whoa, this is a this is a great opportunity. Uh, the PhD student from from Harvard University reached out to me and he said, hey, we've been following your career. Uh, personally, he's Mexican-American. Uh, 
uh, identifies as a part of the LGBTQ plus community, uh, Chivas fan, Mexico fan. And he said, hey, we want you to come present and talk a bit about your personal journey and about identity. What what encompasses a person's identity in celebration of, of Hispanic Heritage Month and LGBTQ plus uh, History Month and coming out today, which is October 11th. Wow, yeah, I mean, this, I, is a, this is a big month for us too, right? This is definitely you know a month that's designated to the Hispanic Heritage Month and all that. But I think we need to take advantage of that platform, right? And in your your you know your voice, your experience, and you know, being a role model. Um, I think that's just an awesome opportunity. And the fact that you know they reached out to you, I bet it was an honor. I imagine just I can imagine what was the feeling when you got that because it sounds like it was just something that kind of caught you off guard. But just tell us a little bit about how how was that feeling? You know, getting that call or getting that you know that opportunity. It's something that's personally empowering uh, and it's humbling at the same time. It's something that uh, it's what I live for. Um, I don't. I, it's something that I think I say I say often, but my role in this world I think is goes far beyond me stepping on the soccer field and, and playing soccer. I think I was I was given this platform and I was given the traits that I have to be able to represent the Selección de Mexico for a bigger purpose. And that's the way I see it. And I said, okay, this is, I'm not, I'm not wrong. I said, I'm doing, I must be doing something right. And it was so cool to be able to share uh, my story and details about, about my story, because there are, there are things that I know a lot of people identify with. There are things that are very common. We just have this fear and stigma attached to talking about them but they're real and they exist. And, and the more we, we put them out there, the more we expose the world to these things, the more likely we're going to change for the better. Oh my God. I mean, that is awesome. Can, can you, did you ever imagine, and, and you're on that end, right? And I'm looking at it from this end as a fan. Can, did you ever imagine yourself being in the likes of like a Mia Hamm or a Brandy Chastain? Uh, like, look, look, yeah. I mean, you, you look at, role models like women that have done awesome things in their career and their personal lives because that's what you're doing that's exactly what you're mm -hmm. doing you're paving the way i mean because as, as i did research and, and and followed you and everything i'm like man to go from from santa Ana, california and then to obviously playing in, in the, one of the biggest clubs especially with chivas especially with the, the liga mexicana just starting off you know right you guys are, or you guys are the stepping. You guys are laying the foundation, and and now to me, I mean, there, there's so many different things that you're accomplishing here, and I don't know if you realize it or not, but you're gonna make the selection better for the years to come, you know, because obviously we know the UN, the, the women's team is the the U.S. women's team is the one that dominates everything. Mm -hmm. Now we can be more competitive, como mm mexicanos. -hmm. Uh, you can show the community that they're they through school through sports. You can accomplish your goals. And now not only sport, but you're going, you're almost like a life coach now. You're almost, you know, like yeah. a mentor type, you know, to help, to help the community. And, and, you know, you, you might not think about it, but, you know, Martin Luther King did that. Um, a lot of, a lot of these leaders, you know, in the past have done that, paved the way for the future. And that's what you're doing, whether you realize yeah. it or not. No, you know, so, you know just, so. to, just to follow up on that, Gordon, that's a great call out, man. That's, that's how I see it, right? It's that, you know, seeing your voice and, your, you know, you're getting those opportunities is going to, you know, another, another young, you know, 
another young um, Mexican-American little girl is probably out there going, that is amazing. Like, I, I can do that. And maybe there's a little, you know, yeah, Nelly out there ready to go. Like, I want to play soccer. Like, what, boys? Forget that. Let me go and show them what's up, right? So I feel like you're doing that. Do you feel that? Do you feel that you're in that in that level? I know, I know it's, you know, we can from our perspective, but do you feel that way? Well, thank you for putting me on the same platform as those people. I mean, they're, they're icons. And I remember growing up, I had a poster of Mia Hamm on my wall. And I honestly... I want to say that I imagine myself where I am now, but I don't think I did. I, it was difficult at that time, right? Me trying to live outside the box and everybody telling me that, no, you can't, you can't, you can't because you're a girl. You can't because you're Mexican. You can't because you're so many things. I think I was, uh, I was in a difficult mindset. Uh, but now that I, I look at, at what I'm doing, I'm, it's something that I'm very proud of. I'm definitely very proud of it. And it's not easy at all. It's, it's very difficult. Uh, but I know that as, as an athlete, as a, as a role model, as a mentor, like you said, I know that I have a responsibility to, to serve as a role model, to serve as a mentor, because I wish I had more people like me to, to look up to growing up. And I really didn't. I, I knew who Mia Hamm was because that's the only thing that you, the only female athlete you would really see on TV, right? I'm talking about back then in the nineties. And, and I mean, now I've come to know Maribel, Maribel Dominguez, who's legend of the Selección de Mexico here in Mexico. I got to play with her, but I didn't know who she was until I got to the Selección, right? Because there's no visibility. There was no representation of, of a, of a Mexican soccer player, Mexican female soccer player. So I didn't know what it was until I actually got the opportunity to play there. But to go back to, to what you both said, uh, when I I played soccer at UC Irvine, I remember uh, we would serve as, as role models for, for schools, for elementary schools, middle schools, and we would use Coach John Wooden's Pyramid of Success. Are you guys familiar with it at all? I'm okay. definitely familiar with John Wooden, definitely. He's like, you know, one of the most inspiring coaches of all times, right? Most winning, all yeah. that, yeah. So he... But he's more well known for what he did for what he did for players off the field. And he his most popular quote in saying is what you are as a person is far more important than what you are as a player. And that sticks with me every mm -hmm. single day. I even got the chills. Whoa. It sticks <laughs> with me every single day, right? So in everything that I do, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about the bigger picture, right? And at the end of the day, like we're here on this planet because of the connections we have with people. So I want to be able to, to provide something to others. That is awesome. Yep. I mean, that deserves a huge clap and that's amazing. I, we're, we're you got chills about wood and I got chills just you saying that. I'm just like, whoa, let's Where's do the this. Where's the soundboard? For, for, <laughs> right? I know. I, I got to get some soundboards, man. I don't know. We're not that budget yet. You know, we'll get there. We'll get there. This, we'll get this, there. this, this, this interview is going to get, take us to the top. Everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, best interview in the world. It's going to go viral. Um, so Jenny, I have a I have a follow up for you. Um, so, you know, with everything that's going on, right. I mean, this, this country is definitely, you know, 2020, everything that's going on. It just seems like it's just, you know, we were looking forward to another year is basically what I'm saying, but there's a lot of great stories out there. Um, one of the stories that, um, I stood out to me and, and you commented on Twitter about is the San Diego loyal, uh, recently had a match, uh, with, you know, our local team, our USL team, the Phoenix rising. And, you know, being, you know, me and me and uh, Coronel, you know, we follow them, we go and, and support, you know, everything soccer. But 
very disappointed, you know, what happened in that match. But, and, and of course, you know, Landon Donovan, as you know, we're Mexico fans, so we're not very big fans of him, but we respect what he did. Um, you got to give him shout out. And you definitely did that as well. You know, you definitely, you know, gave him praise for what they did. You even said, you know, where can I get a jersey? You know, because you <laughs> definitely you know, felt empowered. By the way, did you find the jersey? Did you, were you able to, uh, to find it? I haven't yet. I'm, I was kind of hoping they would send me one, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, uh, we we'll, got to get that jersey. We'll get that, we'll get that get one. It. We got to make <laughs> some calls. We got to make some calls. Where's <laughs> Weeso? Get on the phone. <laughs> Come on, Weeso. Get that budget. Um, but, you know, what are your thoughts about what happened there? Because I feel like that's what we need, right? Like, we need people to step up, you know, to make a difference. And even if it comes, because we're so competitive, I mean, you think about the American culture, we're all about reality TV shows and fi- at all costs finding a way to win. But sometimes, you know, it's above that. Like we don't need to find or cheat our way or, you know, do all these these things. We got to just find out what's best for the greater good and, and just sacrificing a playoff, you know, uh, run to just make a statement and say, hey, we're not going to mm-hmm. tolerate that was huge. Um, so I just want to get your perspective of what happened there and what are your thoughts about what Lon- you know, Donovan did and, and the and the loyal did. You said something that I identify with. You said, you know, you're not really a fan of Linda Donovan, right? Him being a former U.S. national team player. I, too, right when I would watch the U.S. play against the men's team, I didn't like the guy, right? I think it's just normal, right, or competitive nature. But when I saw this, I gained so much respect for him. And like what I just said, John Gooden's quote, right, because what you are as a person is far more important than what you are as a player. And he set such a great example. And it's something that we need so much more of. More of. And what he did wasn't easy. What he did was, I guarantee you, it was extremely difficult, right? For him to say, hey, we're going to lose this game. Uh, I think the rule is you lose 3-0 if you forfeit, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to lose this game 3-0. Uh, we're, and I'm sure it was something they talked about, right, as a team, which – we should praise the players too because it takes an entire team to do it. But he is he is their leader. And something that we need to see so much more of and to see uh somebody like him who he people would consider him a white American privileged straight mm-hmm. man, right? So you can argue that maybe he doesn't identify with what he stood up for, but he understood, he understands his role as a figure he understands the role and impact that he can make as a person despite identifying or not with with the lgbtq plus community or the black lives matter move black lives matters movement so to me it was like wow it was very very empowering and it in a sense validates what i've been doing and what i want to do and it shows me that uh there's so many people that are willing to do something there are so many people that are willing to, like you said, look at the bigger picture, right? Yeah, we're going to lose. We might not make playoffs, but the reward is so much greater, right? Yeah. We're making a societal, cultural impact. Mm-hmm. We're, we're helping people feel part of something, and that's what really matters. It, 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 that's really, really, that's really crazy because if you put yourself, if you put it in perspective and you put yourself in that situation, it's really difficult to raise your voice, to stand up, knowing you might be the only one you know, yeah. and, and, and we, we face that every day. We face it at home. Like, who ate the last piece of, of chocolate cake? <laughs> You're like, you know, I'm not going to say nothing, right? I, everything's amazing. Well, what, what, we, we, grew up, we grew up with snitches get stitches, bro. <laughs> right, <That's>... exactly, right? <laughs> so, it's like, so we're always like, mm, you know, even in our own household, we just kind of like, yeah. you know, but to, 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 do it, to do it on such a big platform like that, 
Oh man, it's just huge. It's uh, well, we don't we don't understand the power of of our culture, right? Here in the here in America, in America we kind of take it for granted. We're usually kind of seen as you know second or you know kind of to the side, but the power that we have. I mean, we you know here at PVA, we know we have a voice. I mean, we have such a huge power in in what we do in our presence. So it's taking those opportunities, you know, and having you on is such a big you know honor for us. But it's another way for us to spread the word and have use our influence for for good, right? To to continue to talk about these and have, you know, honest honest to good dialogue. You know, hey, let's just have it. Let's just throw it out there. And I pre- I appreciate that so much. And I I I know I barely met you guys, but I already have a lot of respect for you guys just for the simple fact that you're willing to provide a pl- platform for these type of of things to raise awareness, to raise visibility, to give us a voice. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, not it's our pleasure. And you know, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because we've had we've been battling, of course, and you and, and it looks like it's going away, Coronet. Hopefully it goes away forever, but the chant. We always mm-hmm. talk about the chant, right? Yep. And you know, and our in, in our, you know, we're definitely against it. We want to say, hey, we can move past that. It's time to move on. I can, you know, give me a history lesson all you want and all this mm-hmm. stuff. You know what? If it's offending somebody, then let's stop. You know, let's yep. move past that. In our members, we have a lot of members that are LGBTQ plus, you know, as well. So they, we definitely can respect that. Um, and we're trying to make that difference. And honestly, I'll be honest, I felt like it was going to be a challenge. And, and, mm-hmm. and sometimes people feel that and they see it like, you know, like I, I can't make a difference. That just seems so far beyond me. But honestly, don't quit. Keep mm-hmm. going. Eventually, it's going to go away. Eventually, people will get it. Um, you know, are we there yet? I mean, I, I think it's we're we're moving. We're seeing progress. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I think we've seen more progress than I thought we would have as a whole um, in general. Because you know, you think about it, like fifty thousand people in one stadium yelling at at the same time. But I mean, the major the majority of the people that are yelling it are just yelling it just to yell it. They just they don't, they don't really even know. know. They don't yeah. even know. You know. But you know, I think you know, education is is what we need, and little by little. Um, circumstances like this so we'll definitely educate educate us educate the public uh because we're all learning right we're all learning if we're not learning then we're you know we might as well just die (laughs) you know what i mean because everything and i'm like you got you got you got serious there bro because i mean because we're always always learning we've got to change bro and and if you recognize and you don't change like we're not sometimes we can't get switched on and off like a light switch but you're like you know what okay let me stop let me start like an out like me right so like i think 12 12 years a day okay i should stop (laughs) I'll go, I'll go to 12, then I'll go to 10, then I'll go to 9. So I'm learning. Hey, little by little, you're, ma- you're, making, yeah. you're making, making progress. progress. Go to I'm progress. Glad, you know, I'm proud for you, man. Congratulations. Well, man. I never said I, I used it as an example. <laughs> I, I agree with, with what you, you said about, right, the importance of education. And, and you also said that, well, some people just say it and they don't really know. They just say it just to say it, right? So that's where education comes in. And it's important for people to, to recognize that the chant is started as a derogatory word. And mm-hmm. and people be like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's a cultural custom. Well, we got to change that cultural custom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how do we change that cultural custom? Education. Educate, re-educate, expose people. It's so the value in education is it can really it can really change things change people's perspectives and soccer in itself has the power to change even bigger cultural customs right yeah. i see i see soccer as as one of the biggest institutions in the world and mm-hmm. institutions are usually a direct reflection of their society and their culture right so if we can start changing that culture within soccer it's going to translate 
into the rest of society and we're going to see less and less homophobic chants or homophobic mm-hmm. language. Yeah, no, we got to get that out of our culture. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's had a, such a long, you know, long, long, you know, stay in our culture. Unfortunately, it's been it's been embedded for so many years. But I think we're definitely better than that as a culture. We're, we're seeing some change. And I think it's conversation platforms like this that are going to eventually get us past that. Um, so, again, thank you for, for that. And this is this is this is good. This is healthy, right, for our soul, for our community. Definitely. Um, all right. Well, go ahead. I think it's time for our game real quick. I, yes, I we'll have another question. Yes, I got some questions because uh, the fanboy me. I, I can see his face kind of going yeah, all like, like giddy. Right? Okay, <laughs> let me ask you this because I follow La Selección, right? I love watching the girls' teams. I love the, Yeah, I do. Hey, but I love watching watching the female team. So let me ask you this. Um, some of the – who's the funnest player in the locker room uh, on the like Selección? Yeah, who's like the prankster? Yeah, who's the Who's the, coronel, the who's, who's the coronel of, of La Selección? And who's the coronel of Chivas? Chivas. This might be a good, good, uh, the only good moment where it's maybe a good thing that they don't, most of them don't speak English, so they're not going to understand. Ahorita también les dijimos en español. No, en español, ok, vamos. ¿Quién es la más traviesa? La más payasa. The coronel of the Selección. I like this. This will be a segment now. That's... That's tough. Wow, I hadn't really thought about it. I'm usually like so focused and like headphones in, and I'm like my pregame routine. Uh, but there's a few. There's definitely a few. There's actually some pranksters that like to pull pranks uh, when we're supposed to be resting. Uh, I'd say Katie Johnson, uh, Jocelyn, Jocelyn definitely. Jocelyn Orejed plays for America right now. Uh, Joc, Jocelyn, definitely. She's always like one thing about her too she's always the happiest person no matter what like she always has this positive energy but but she likes they, they pulled a prank on me one time which i'll never forget um we gotta so, hear this prank no i will say yeah. that for, for another what? <laughs> podcast oh come on oh so we're gonna have a second podcast part yeah, two awesome. i love it i love it cool no well that again that that's the type of stuff that i want to know like who's the funniest who's the who, yeah. who's the you know what do you guys do for games stuff like that because again, I travel with with my soccer team, and those girls are just a bunch of funny. You know, they just they, the stuff they come up with, right? And, and not just girls, but I mean guys too. I've traveled yeah. with the boys too, and it's just well, a, it's just funny to watch. So- didn't your team win the championship? No, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we don't want, can we move on to the next? Can we so play now the I just game got now? awkward again. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Dude, we didn't even make the playoffs, bro. That's what, that's how good of a coach I am. <laughs> Hey, as long as you're contributing to their person, that's yeah. all that matters. You're good. Bad. It's, Build the character. It's, it's, it's the way you look at things. We played this one school that was crushing everybody like 11-0, 12-0, and, and, and I, there was no way we were going to score. I, did, I knew it. The girl, We knew it. So I'm, the entire week, I game plan. We're all sitting back. We're covering our spaces. We're going to play defensively. We get the ball. We kick it out. And just drop back, and everybody's like, "What are you guys doing, <laughs> dude?" We held what? them to one to one to zero. They ended up beating us one to zero on uh, auto auto goal. Yeah, dude, that's a victory. It was huge. That's I mean, their, a victory their, for sure. Yes, their coach was like, their coach was on the other side, like, "What are they?" I and mean, they were they were bringing they were passing the ball back and trying to bait our girls to come out and open the spaces. And and I was like, "Get back! What are you doing? Get back!" <laughs> but the girls, the girls then real at first they were like, "Oh, we want to go head to head." I go, "Look." This is the plan. This is the reality, right? And and they learned, and we became a, be, be, a better defensive team. 
And this was the JV team, right? So we lost that game 1-0. But then the varsity had a different uh, approach. They wanted to go 2 for 2 head for head. It was 8-0 by halftime. Oh, no. So it's like, okay. But the girl, then the JV girls are like, you know what, Coach, you're right. You know, we, we should probably listen to you a little bit more. <laughs> well, <laughs> people don't realize, again, that the fence gets, you know, they don't, people overlook the defense, right? The defense mm-hmm. is so, so important. I mean, we saw that with the Selección when we saw some of those goals in the, you know, bef- in, before the end of the year. Uh, that we're just like, what's going on, right? Like, come on, we have to get a stronger defense. I know, uh, Yanelli, you, you're, uh, what's your position right now with the Selección? Center back. So you definitely know the importance, right, of how that, you know, that position is and, and, and you know, what contribution it makes for the team. Yeah, that's, uh, where, that's where the offense starts, actually. And mm-hmm. I also agree with, with your, like, the way you look at things is, is what matters. Like, a lot of times we, we have to be realistic, and sometimes we don't want to be, and we're like, no, we're just going to, <laughs> like you said, two for two, and we're going to play you head on. And, and you don't realize that if the team is better than you and you, you can recognize that, that's it's already, right, you're already one step ahead because you recognize that and you're being strategic about it. And it's something that personally I I finally learned, but along the course of my career, I used to get mad when coach would be like, we're going to, you know, play a 4-5-1 or a 5-4-1 and be more defensive. Like, no, nah, like, why can't we just play him like we normally play, right? And then we play on like we normally play and we lose like four, five, zero, but then we take more defensive approach. And I'm like, okay, I get it now. Sometimes you have to do it, even though it, you don't agree with it. It's, it's probably the best game plan. Mm-hmm. And we're all learning, you see, and we're growing and we're, we're learning. Growing, exactly. We're learning <laughs> on the field and off the field. On the field and off the field. Yeah. I all think, right. I think that was the only question I really had. And again, I, I really would just love to see the candid part of, of the off the field stuff, man, the off the field antics. Cause I'm a clown. And I love to see clown stuff. <laughs> the coronel that's, of the Cristiano. Like, that's going to be our next that's, segment. Like, hey, who's the coronel of, of, of your life, right? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. All right, hey, all right. I think I perfect you were time for a game. 90s. You're, you're a 90s kid, right? Yeah, um, the 90s, 90s is definitely 90s. Your, your era. Um, you know, I'm a 90s kid. Coronel's a 50s kid. So we're going <laughs> to mean you are, are definitely connected here. All right, so we're going to give you some random trivia. Uh, hopefully you know some of this stuff. Uh-oh. This is kind of like off the wall. We just kind of random online found this stuff. And, and you have two choices to get the right answer. We'll see, we'll see how good you are. All right, I'm going to pull it up on the screen. Let me know when you see it. Great. All right, cool. So 90s trivia with Pancho Villa's Army. Here we go. So the first question is, hopefully you were a 90s kid and watched this show. I was a big show. I was a big fan of this show. Boy Meets World. What was the name of Corey's best friend? Oh no! Boy Meets World. (laughs) Was it Sean or Eric? Is it Sean? Shut up, Corey. It's it's gotta be. I'm not. I'm not. My final answer. What's your final answer? Sean. Correct. Coronel, we got to put you on mute. Got to be oh. like, the, like, like like Donald Trump in the debate. We got to put you on mute. Guys, I'm going to be like the guy right there, the guy's face right there on the picture. At first, I was like, oh, I don't remember, but then it clicked. Did you watch this show, Danelli? Oh, yeah. I love this show. I was a big fan of Topanga. Topanga fan all the way. What? what? Team Topanga. All right, here we go. I, feel, I remember the episode where they broke up, actually. Oh, dude. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah. All right. No more sad stuff. Moving on. Here we go. All right. The Spice Girls. Next question is, Spice Girls was an iconic Five. pop. How many were there? Oh, you know this. Five? Cornel, <laughs> is this true or not? Yes, it is. But I got a follow-up question. Can you name them? Oh, no, I can't name them. What, 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 kind, of, what I, kind of I spices? Was 40, I was 40 
I don't know how that's scary, but... No, no, it's so scary. Scary one. That's two. That's two out of five. <laughs> two out of five. What's the yeah, other sprite? I don't remember the rest. So, Sparty, Posh, Gary, Posh, Posh, Baby. Sugar Spice? No? That's not a, that's not a spice, is it? No. <laughs> paprika? That's no? for your baby. <laughs> paprika. Paprika? No, that's paprika? All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think you've got to get a Mexican spice. What's a Mexican spice? It would be um, uh, colmillo. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Next one. All right. Next question. We're on a roll here. You're on. You're doing well. Let me pull it up here. All right. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. In 1992, the largest mall in the U.S. Uh, opened up in which state? Was it Minnesota or Pennsylvania? The largest mall. This is not fair because there was no internet back then, so I was, there's no way I could have Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to... Okay, before you, let me give you a hint. There's a favorite movie in the 90s where these kids were playing hockey. In the opening scene, they were, going, they were skating through this mall. It's a hockey team from the 90s, a movie... They were skating through this mall. Where was this hockey team based out of? Hockey team. Pressures, right? um, I'm going to say Minnesota. Yeah! I remember I remember that movie. I don't know the name of it, but I remember Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. You got it. Gordon didn't even know what that was. He just remember <laughs> <laughs> He's on <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number two. Or number whatever we're at. What is the name of Will Smith's wealthy uncle and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Was it Bill or Phil? Bill. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. That's right. Coronet, did you remember the show? I do remember the show, yes. Uncle oh, Phil. Yeah. Uncle Phil. Mentir also, dude. You were like, you know. No, I, rem- I remember the show being on. I was, I was working. I was working like two full-time jobs. I was already out of college. <laughs> right. Maybe one day, maybe next episode I'll rap the uh, Christmas Miller song for oh, you guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, it'll be a trap corrido rap. There you go. A little All right. remix, yeah. All right, here's another one. This uh, this can't, this is a digital pet uh, back in the 90s. It was a big fad. Was it Tamagotchi or Web Kids? Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi, yes. All right. I thought it was you Pokemon. I, remember, I, don't think I, I don't think I ever had one, but I remember it. Nobody else did. You know what? I think well, it was the same as you. I wasn't cool enough to afford one. And I think if I had one, it would have been... You know, it would have been it, very respectful it and very calm. Tamagotchi, it would have been very, you know, traditional. Nah, stuff. you would have had, you would have had the knockoff, the, the Tamakuchi or the Tamakatas <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Here we go. Last question. It's a big show. What was the name of Ross's pet monkey in a sitcom Friends? Was it Maurice or Marcel? Marcel. Congratulations. She's got it. She knows her 90s stuff. Yeah, you did. I think you got them all right. I mean, one of them was Coronet giving you the answer, but it's fine. You know, we're not going to count. We're not going to count that. Hey, no, I, su- I stuck with my answer, though. I didn't change it despite what he said. There you go. Because <laughs> he could have lied to you, right? Yeah. Tell her what she's won, Bob. A she's lovely new backpack. A beautiful backpack. <laughs> A loyal jersey. We gotta, we gotta get you that loyal jersey. Yeah. We we'll, we'll get Lisa on it. Yeah, we'll find a way. I think that's important, right? I think that's a great way to support, you know, that team and, and make a statement for sure. Uh, but yeah, were you a fan of Friends, the, the sitcom show? Fan is an understatement. I, well, I don't, I don't even know how many times I've watched the seasons. But I'm Ed, not you're a not fan. a fan. I'm not a, no, I'm a Seinfeld guy. <laughs> 
Oh, next point. Okay. Okay. Next point. Get out of this. Yeah, can we delete? <laughs> Let's do this chat over. Dude, it's funny. I was telling Z that they had a, I don't know if you heard this story, that there was a, there's always been a dispute. There's friends, fans, or, 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 uh, Seinfeld fans, American fans, Chivas fans. So there was a story where a, um, a family at a family dinner, I don't know if it was a holiday or whatever, ended up getting a fight. And one of the family members murdered the, or killed the other family member what? because it was, disagreement was so huge about the Seinfeld and um, and, and friends. So I was like, that's crazy. I, I think there's, there's probably a, uh, an underlying issue there that we're not aware of, but that's true. Yeah, probably. That's, that's it, yeah, it's, it's scary, but I can imagine that happening in my family. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe well, that. I think, I think when it comes to friends, I think of like the, the whole, like what, Rachel or Monica, you know, I think yeah. what, maybe you don't understand that. Maybe I'll, I'll talk it to your level. Um, um, <laughs> the Peter or Marianne, does that relate to you? Oh, maybe? from the Gilligan's Island? Yeah, that was more my show right there. That was more my era right there, the Ginger <laughs> Mary Ann. Hey, but you mentioned something right now, scary early. You want to hear something scary, and I don't know if we have enough time. Do you have any scary stories, like Halloween stories or anything? anything scary along that Halloween nature? stories. Because I yesterday, <laughs> that, the, last night, last night I was sitting in my backyard watching YouTube. I was sipping a little bit of tequila, not going to lie. And my dog was sitting right next to me. And out of nowhere, a beer can, an empty beer can dropped like out of the sky into the middle of my backyard. And I live on a corner and I can, you can hear anybody that's walking on the sidewalk. I didn't hear anything. And this thing just dropped out of nowhere. And they were telling me, or maybe it was a brujo that just kind of, this was like at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. So I freaked out, especially because it's Halloween. Like, dude. It's not Halloween yet, though, dude. No, but, dude it's the, How it's, many tequilas did you have? Not that much. No, no, that no. It was. It wasn't that much. It was. It was just. I was just starting, right? It was just starting, but out of nowhere, and it dropped. And the funny thing about it, it was a Bud Light can, and I don't even have Bud Light in the house, so it wasn't like I left one there or, or the dog. It the just wind blew it down or something. Was yeah. it full and was it cold? It was. It matters. was. It was crushed, right? Uh, it was and a then can. it was a can. It was crushed, and it was. Um, it was like like kind of cool, like it like someone had been drinking it, and so what I did was I grabbed it and I I, I go what's going on? So I turn it over and a little bit spilled out like somebody had been drinking it, and then my friend goes, "Did you touch it?" Well, he asked me before, he goes, "Did you touch it?" I go, "Yeah," and he goes, "Well, that's got like maybe it was a brujo," and I'm like, "Well, dude, thanks for telling me." Like we're very superstitious, man. I'm very I mean, I yeah, like, do you believe that. in that? Do you believe that? Because we believe in that stuff, man. I mean, our culture is all about the brujos and the lloronas and all the chupacabras. You, <laughs> you know, know what, personally, I, I, I'm not superstitious at all, but I know that my family is and I know that my mom is, uh-huh. like, hardcore. And like you said, it's part of our culture. Yeah. You know, and my grandma, uh, oh, Santa, like, she she was too, and like, I know, like, if something bad happens to you, she'd be like, Yes. Yes. Have you do you have any have you experienced any paranormal anything weird like that, Jeremy? Uh, complicated question because I str- I struggled with uh, paranoia and insomnia mm. a long time ago in my life, right? So I would like I would hallucinate, but I see it now more in the moment. I thought it was like really scary, but now I see it more as I just was in a terrible the whole most horrible mental state. Mm-hmm. That I had ever been in, right? And and I don't know if either of you have ever suffered with insomnia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like it's like the worst form of torture that exists. Now try staying awake for a week straight, 
it's horrible. I can't even explain the feeling, and I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. I don't have a worst enemy, but mm-hmm. if I had one, I would, yeah. still wouldn't wish it upon them. But I would hallucinate, and I would see things and hear things and feel things, and it was so scary because I couldn't. I got to a point where I couldn't differentiate between reality and and my hallucinations, and I was like, whoa. Eventually, I, I seek help. Things mm-hmm. got a lot better. Finally, was able to sleep. Wow. I, I think it's different I- kind of scary. I think I think I think I can relate to that because I remember when I you know went through surgery and I had to go through pain pain meds and I I hate pain med, pain meds like the the strong stuff and I started doing the same thing dude I was just like whoa this is trippy stuff dude never again like if I can tough it out get that stuff away from me because oh I, wow it's, maybe it's not the same right but it's it, you know I can connect with that because I'm just yeah, like dude yeah. I I don't like this stuff man this mm-hmm. is crazy seeing this is, stuff that's the strong this- stuff man yeah. yeah. He's got the good stuff. Hey, is there? Is it the same as if, like, when you're sleeping and you you wake up and you can't get up and you feel like oh, someone's on you? I had that, you know? bro. Is it called yeah. sleep paralysis? Yeah. Yes. Dude. Oh, I do. I swear. I swear. Here, here's my story. I had a few paranormal, right? I don't know. Maybe I was on, on payment. I don't. I can't. I can't. I can't uh, confirm or deny it. <laughs> um. But here's here's my story. So I went. Um. You know, I was. I fly a lot for my work. I go. I mean, not right now, of course, but back then. Um, and I had a layover in Dallas and of course I didn't make my flight, big storm, all this stuff. So I had, I had to stay there for the night. It was about two o'clock in the morning. Um, I get a hotel there in Dallas and I get to my hotel, you know, got my keys checked in, walk into my, go to my hotel, open the door, right? With the little, little swipe. As soon as I open that door, a lady kind of floats out of the bed with a white robe, black hair, black hair. I swear to God, dude, this is not kidding. And she starts coming towards me. Didn't say a thing. Didn't say like, get that day, get the F out of here. Nothing like that. She starts floating to me. And I was like, I am so sorry. I shut the door. I call the front and they're like, nobody's in that room. This is all dude. And I'm like, dude, there's this lady in there. I need another room. They went in there and they told me the next day, nobody was there. I'm like, guy at that, dude. This is so crazy, dude. I'm like, Yo, are you serious? Yeah, and, and ever, ever since then, like I, I constantly like have this image of this lady right now. I'm picturing her. Like it's, it was a craziest thing, Corona, dude. I don't even know, dude. La Llorona. That's yes. what I pictured, dude. Yes. Seriously. And she was yes. white gown, black hair, and didn't walk. Didn't, didn't like, you know, throw, like, the, the chancla or nothing. The she movement. Just, oh. She just floated. Let me tell you, if that happens to me now, right, I'm in a pretty, pretty good state of mind. If that happened to me now, I would have ran left i would have never gone back to that place oh i got God. another room and, and I, I slept like a baby but i, I next day when she told me you, we you that slept room, after that oh i slept like a baby <laughs> I, I was not slept. two o'clock in the morning i was tired hell no i am out the door you're you're like the the movies well what's going on in here let me go upstairs instead of the running car right yeah, I'm, let, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> let me go hide in the uh let me go hide in the closet when the killer's in the house instead of running <laughs> out of the house yeah huh. Wow. Aye, aye, aye. Well, that that is definitely our culture, right? I mean, so, you know, again, this is this is a, a treat. So I want to thank you again, Ellie, for just taking the time to just, you know, rant with us and, and get to know us, but really get to know you. Um, and, and I really appreciate this time, you know, and, and usually we wrap up our, our session. Is there any final thoughts? You know, we have a lot of PVA members across the country and even outside the, you know, the world, um, a lot of young a lot of young women, a lot of young, um, even boys and girls, right, of all kinds. So is there anything, any final thoughts, anything you want to tell them um, as we wrap up? First of all, th- thank you for the opportunity. Uh, hopefully next time we do this, years down the line, I can be part of the of Fantoyas Army. That would actually be pretty cool. To, you to are. Experience. You are. You already are a member. You don't yeah. from the other. 
from the other the other end uh i mean there's there's so many things i can say i think just in everything that we do just remember like who we are as people is, is what what really matters and and i know that soccer connects so many people worldwide and if we can just understand the power soccer has to make the world a better place to change long-standing stereotypes if we can all get on board just a little bit we are all going to we're all going to contribute to making making things better for everyone making soccer inclusive for fans players anybody that wants to be any part of it it's something that that I, I'm really, really passionate about. And I don't expect people to be as passionate about it as I am, but if we can just all add our little little grain of salt, uh, little by little, we can start making a bigger impact. Awesome. Well said. I mean, I couldn't say it better. Coronet, any any final thoughts? Anything you want to close up with? No, absolutely. It's like, it's like the more and more I get to know you, the more I get inspired, you know, even in my old age, I can still, you know, I can still <laughs> want to go do things, right? Um, instead of throwing in the towel. But, you know, like I said, thank you very much again for spending time with us. Uh, hopefully we this isn't the, the last time. Hopefully we can we can do this again, uh, maybe in a different setting with a lot of other other players and more people. It'd be great. Um, and I know you're, you're definitely your message is going to be an inspiration for for a lot of the a lot of the PBA members, a lot of the, the soccer community um, and not just not necessarily just soccer community, but community in general. Uh, uh, one thing I want ask you about was your minute minute monday on your instagram okay like you do you do minute monday so you do like a little uh advice right how, how does mm -hmm. that where did that idea come from like the uh the minute monday kind of like a motivational so, yeah so i started one minute mondays about five months ago maybe and I, I do it every monday and i share a message it has to fit in within one minute uh share it in, Sp in english and in spanish uh, record it twice. It just stems from, from, I personally listen to a lot of podcasts. I love podcasts. Like I'm every single day, one, two, three podcasts every day. And I like, I love learning. I absolutely mm -hmm. love learning. And I love listening to things that help me grow and help me be a better person and, and inspire me. And I'm an, I'm a very disciplined person, but sometimes I lack motivation. It's mm -hmm. the reality, right? There's some days where gosh, I'm struggling to, to do things and that's where it stemmed from i said i want to be able to provide something quick because sometimes that's all we need right a little just a little a little push yeah and i said all right i'm gonna do it and the funny thing is i was i was scared to do it at first because uh not many people know this but i get a lot of anxiety speaking mm -hmm. in front of the camera a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. i always have to mentally prepare for things and i said this is also going to help me get out of my comfort zone all right. It's something that's going to help me personally grow. And you should have seen how nervous I was when I posted the first one. It, funny, my best friend was like, just post it. Like, you know, are you going to do it? Like, <laughs> Come on. I'm on like, oh, Let's yeah, go. Yeah, but sometimes that's all we need, right? Just a little a little bit of, of motivation to get us going. Dude, that's perfect because that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. I was hoping you'd, you'd say that because just, just watching some of the Minute Mondays, it kind of it motivates you. So for any of our fans, if you don't mind, you know, we like to share your, your Instagram page because there's a lot of cool stuff on yes, there. And you just look at it and you're like, man, the motivation and the determination. And it's just like, man, she just, she's going and she's giving everything she's got. 
it's just great. And I think it's a great inspiration for a lot of the fans and, and or the community. So again, check out Minute Mondays. Those are pretty awesome. Those are really, really cool, especially for a Monday. You need it Monday. I need, I need more than that on <laughs> Monday, but yeah, we uh, don't need it on Friday. It Friday's Friday's I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Mondays we need it. Yeah. That's Friday's a great yeah, definitely. So thank you. So, thank you. Yeah, good, good, uh, good closing, man. You know, definitely check that out. And we're definitely gonna, you know, share it. And um, you know, this is awesome. I don't know about you, about you, Coronel, but I thought this is, you know, like like Yanelli said, you know, we got to get pumped up and excited and get ready in that in that moment. Me and Coronel have been up since what two o'clock last two o'clock this morning, just like going, oh my gosh, what are you gonna I've say? Been, <laughs> I've been fighting brujos at one thirty in the morning. Fighting brujos, <laughs> and I've been fighting lloronas. So. Oh, just thank you for this again you know our our community you know Pancho Villa's army thank you um hopefully our fans you know you know really really you know take this message and continue to just grow you know grow share you know and use our platform use our influence and be able to speak up so I just want to thank you for that um and and with that you know let's just not be the last conversations let's make sure that we continue to grow and um you know we have we have a voice let's let's use it um but with that thank you so much for your time hey Coronel yeah, Yanelli and Sargento signing off. Till next time. Thank you very much. Bye. And cut. We're done. Thank you. Awesome, guys. I was like, I don't know if she wants to spend a whole hour with us, but she. I know. Easy, breezy. We probably could have gone for like another three. Yeah, it's cool, but it's cool because you 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 came out of it's like I don't know. You just came out of your shell and just like you know that was cool, man. That's that's what we accomplished. And we're seeing like other interviews you had, and I'm like, dude, they're so formal and so structured. I'm like, dude, she needs to get out of that and be like, just just let loose. Yeah. And I was like, pretend we're at a bar, and I think she's like, okay, cool. As long as we're not in KFC, I we're fine. I also got up and went to grab my bottle of wine. But I was like, uh-huh. no, I got to train tomorrow. So. <laughs> oh, wine's good, doctor said. The internet said.